If you would stand with me this morning for the reading of God's Word, we are um, in Mother's Day and Father's Day. We're going to take a look at the exact same uh, section of Scripture, and it's from Deuteronomy chapter 6. So if you have Bibles, you can turn to the Old Testament, to the book of Deuteronomy, and we're going to be in chapter 6. And the title of the message today is just simply The Shadow of a Mother. And we're going to find from this, um, Moses is speaking to the people of Israel, and it's kind of his last will and testament. He, he knows he'll be departing soon, and he's giving some last words to the people of God and some challenge to them. And we're going to find that here, and this is definitely family-oriented. It, it's challenging the people on how they should be living, how they should be displaying who God is, and how they should be loving God with their whole heart, and then also how they should be imparting that to their children. And so if you would read with me, um, it'll also be on the screens. And it says this, these are the commands, decrees, and regulations that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. You must obey them in the land that you're about to enter and to occupy. And you and your children and grandchildren must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. If you obey all of his commands and decrees, you will enjoy a long life. Listen closely, Israel, and be careful to obey. Then all will go well with you, and you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. I remember as a kid, whenever I would read that land flowing with milk and honey, it always creeped me out because I thought it like literally meant like flowing with honey, and I'm like, you'd get stuck. Um, verse 4 says, listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on the forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. The Lord your God will soon bring you into the land that he swore to give you, when he made a vow to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it is a land with large prosperous cities that you did not build. The houses will be richly stocked with goods you did not produce, and you will draw water from cisterns you did not dig, and you will eat from vineyards and olive trees you did not plant. And we have eaten your fill in this land. Be careful not to forget the Lord who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. You must fear the Lord your God and serve him. Let's pray. Father, Lord, today we thank you for the, the moms in our lives. Many of us have, Lord, not just been blessed enough with our own moms, but other people who have stepped into that role and who have had incredible influence on our life, who have revealed to us the uniqueness of your nature and your character in a way that only they can. Father, today I pray that every heart in this room would be sensitive to what your word says and what you're speaking, and that, God, we would be careful and long to model with intentionality the truth and the might and the power of the God that we serve. Jesus, we give you thanks and we give you praise. In your name we pray, amen. Before you grab a seat, if you'll turn to the person to your left or right and tell them what is the best prank or the best joke you ever pulled on your mother. The best prank or the best joke you ever pulled on your mom? I wish I had time to detail all of mine. <laughs> we 
One of, one of my favorite ones I know that me and my brother used to do is when we lived in Medina, Ohio, we had a laundry chute that went up like three floors and it went down to the basement. And so we would try to trick our mom by acting like we needed to talk to her about something. So we'd yell down the chute to get her head close to the end. And then we would just drop like a whole basket full of laundry. So it would come flying. <laughs> yes, welcome to life with me and my brother. Um, but yeah, today we're, we're celebrating Mother's Day, and I, I want to talk about the shadow of a mother, the shadow of a mother. I remember my son, he, he for a while was terrified of his shadow. So those of you who had children, you remember that stage where they kind of went through where um, at first it's kind of like, ooh, that's kind of cool. What's that on the wall? Like that's, that's, and then suddenly they realize this thing's following me. It's chasing me, and it will not leave me alone. I remember my son screaming as he was running out of the hallway trying to get away from it as he's looking backwards at it still running after him. Shadows are an image. They're, they're, they're of ourselves. They're a reflection, a silhouette of who we are on the wall. It's a, it's a vague image, but it's also a pretty good display of who we are. It can show your features. It can reveal certain aspects of who you are. There's, there's something about mothers and fathers that give us a shadow of the God that we serve. There's something that God has put into the DNA of a mother when it's lived out correctly that can reveal his heart as God for us. There's this aspect that as we look at the lives of what it looks like to, to be a mom and to live that out truthfully and faithfully, to put on display daily the gospel in our homes, that we get to see through how they interact with us an image of the God we serve. Because a shadow is, it's an outline, it's a representation, it's not the whole picture, but it's still a revelation of what the picture really does look like. And when it's seen, it reveals proof of the one it represents. It's an imperfect image, to be sure, of something that's far greater, but it displays the reality of the one who casts the shadow. Motherhood and fatherhood, when put on correct display, they're meant to show us a picture of God's heart, to show us a picture of how he loves us and how he's for us. And as parents, we should be revealing the nature, the character, of the God that we serve. Our greatest hope should be that the shadow that we cast on our children, on our nieces and nephews, on our cousins, on our friends, on our neighbors, that the shadow that we cast can put on display for them an image and a picture of this beautiful God that we serve. The call here in Deuteronomy chapter 6 is what we're going to come back to. We're going to do it today. We're also going to come back to it on Father's Day. Moses is speaking to Israel, and he's reminding them of all that God has done. He, he's recounting the ways to them through Deuteronomy. I, I want you to remember, I want you to think back with me of the countless ways, Israel, that God was there for you, that he came through for you, that he was by your side. He's reminding them of how good God has been and the importance of serving him and obeying him, but most importantly, loving him. And he's speaking to the nation. I want to read it one more time with you. In verse 4, it says, listen. O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all your strength, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Look at this language. He starts with listen, and now he goes, repeat them again and again to your children. 
talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Moses' commands and challenge here is he's saying, listen closely, be careful. I want you to obey. I want you to love God with every ounce of who you are. Obey him. Follow his commands. Love him with your whole being. See, the question that comes for us is if we're going to truly cast the correct shadow, is how is the shadow cast? There's an intentionality behind it. I want you to think of it this way. Um, shadow puppets. You know what I'm talking about? Remember back to when you're a kid and it's like 3 a.m. in the morning and you're at a sleepover at your friend's house and you've hit that point where it's like slap happy. You're like exhausted, you're tired, and anything in the world seems remotely funny. Shadow puppets is the perfect moment for that. <laughs> Uh, I did many a youth retreat um, in my years of doing youth ministry where um, there were certain shadow puppets that will remain unmentioned in this sermon, but that we would do, and like, they were hilarious, and it had to do with a dinosaur, um, and, <laughs> but the thing is this, when you're doing, when you're casting a shadow puppet, you are morphing your body in your hands to cast a correct, you know, I'm talking about the dove. I can't do the, I was going to do the sound, but that came off terrible. I was like, <laughs> right? You've got like the dove that you can do, or you, you've got like the little bunny rabbit that runs around, or like the dog that's barking, but you're intentionally molding your body to cast a particular shadow, right? You're, you're doing that. And so as we're thinking through this, is how is the shadow cast? It's done through, as Moses says, repetition. He says, repeat this again and again and again to your children. He says, talk about it with them. It needs to be on our lips and on our language. The, the life of God, God's love for us, his commands, it should be something that's heard with consistency in our home. But he also says, let it be seen. He talks about like binding it to their foreheads and putting it on the doorposts of their home. So it, it's something that is repeated. It keeps coming back again and again and again. It's, it's, this shadow has to be intentionally cast. And so as I started thinking about that, I started thinking about the uniqueness of moms and how moms cast this beautiful display of the love of God. So I'm going to take you on a little bit of a journey with me. You're going to get to reminisce with some stories. So if you hate my stories, I'm sorry. The door is right there. Um, <laughs> but we're, we're going to take a little bit of a trip down memory lane a little bit with me. I want to start with talking about how I personally have seen the shadow of the God that I serve cast by some of the great moms in my life. The first is that the God we serve has a fierce love. I can't think of a better place to start. The God we serve has a fierce love for his children. Deuteronomy chapter 32 says this, for the people of Israel belong to the Lord Jacob is his special possession. He found them in a desert land in an empty, howling wasteland. He surrounded them. He watched over them. He guarded them as he would guard his own eyes. Like an eagle that rouses her chicks. You hear this mother language right here? As an eagle that rouses her chicks and hovers over her young, so he spread his wings to take them up, and he carried them safely on his pinions. 
I love this. There, there's a fierce love to the love of God. There, there's something that I learned quickly in youth ministry. And actually, I kind of learned it as a teenager. Have you noticed there's a difference between guy fights and girl fights? <laughs> there's some of you are laughing, but you're like, I don't know exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> guy fights is like this. If there's two guys that are going to blows, if you can just create that moment of separation, right? It's like the eyes gloss over and suddenly it's like, oh, wait, cool. Hey, bud. Shake hands, right? <laughs> it's a girl fights. I'm telling you, you stay away. Like, I remember my high school teacher telling me that, and I was just like, I, I had went to, like, a private school, and I now was at a public school, and he was telling us a little bit about this whole concept, guy fights versus girl fights, and I didn't really believe him. And I was walking down the hallway, like, two days later, and two girls were going at it, and I was getting ready to, like, jump in, and then the principal jumped in, and I watched the girl crawl up his back over his head to get at the other girl, and I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> What, what is, I mean, it's like, there, there's rules, at least, in guy fights. You guys have, like, no rules. Like, it's just like, you know, it's like instantaneously goes, I'm going to peck out your eyes. It's like, but let me tell you something. What's even worse with that? You mess with mama bear. Know what I'm talking about? You mess with mama bear, and you really think, this is kind of like what God's describing about right here. He's saying, like an eagle that rouses her chicks and hovers over young, so he spreads his wings to take them up, and he carried them safely. God has a special, fierce love for you. A love that is for you, not against you. A love that longs dramatically to bring you near. So I was thinking through this fierce love, I remembered. Um, a moment from my own personal life. Um, when I was in high school, I went to uh, gym class, and uh, afterwards we were changing, and the class bully had taken out his leather belt, and he started, like, beating me with it. And I went home that night, and I remember um, I was nervous. I didn't know how to, like, tell my mom what was kind of going on, and so she ended up walking, going across, like, the hallway as I was changing, and I took off my shirt, and you could see the welts all across my chest. My mom has often been described as Jesus' sister by certain people that I know. There was a side of my mom that came out I had never seen before, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, there was just, like, this holy anger that rose up, like, excuse me? Where did those come from? Type of, and as the story went along, I watched my mom, like, her heart break for me in a way I'd never seen it break before. And the next day she went in to the school administration and started talking about some of the uh, issues at hand <laughs> and, and dealing with that. I got to see two things. I got to see her fierce love for me, but I also got to see her incredible grace. As rather than lashing out in anger and hatred towards the kid who did it, yes, she wanted him to be punished, but she wanted him also to become whole. I got to see her fierce love for me, but also for the person who even hurt me. Listen to me. That's outstanding. There is something about the heart of a mom where we can see this fierce love of God put on display. And can I tell you something? The heart of God is for you. Sometimes it might not feel that way, though. If you're doing something you shouldn't be doing, sometimes it can almost feel like he's against you, but in reality, he's actually for you. I'm going to tell this story. Is my wife in the room? Awesome. I can tell it. 
<laughs> this is one of my favorite stories, one of our least favorite stories. When we were 17, um, we broke up. We'll just leave it at that. And, uh, <laughs> and I love this. My mother-in-law is actually here today. Beth, Beth loves me, and I love Beth. And she knew that I was God's gift to Angel. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> no, no. But it was one of those, I, we did it the right way. We date, I dated not just my wife. I dated her family. Almost every single one of my dates with Angel was either at her house or she was at our house. And so we had been dating for about two and a half years. We ended up breaking up, and she knew that this was not good. And so she flat out told Angel, she was just like, you're making the wrong choice and I will no longer feed you. <laughs> she, I mean, she made those next like two weeks terrible for my wife because she was like, I know that this is the man, I've been praying for this man type of a thing, right? Because here's the thing, listen to me. God's heart is for your best. And you, we all know this, when you're pursuing something that's not your best, Mama's going to let you know. When you're pursuing something that is not for you, there's a fierce love that comes in, and it's not going to let you just sit in your brokenness. Listen, God will meet you exactly where you're at, but he will, loves you too much to leave you there. He wants to see you become more like him. He wants to see you grow in, in understanding, and he wants to see you changed and be radically, and it's because of his fierce love for you. God loved Israel, and he loves you radically. If there's anything I pray you walk away from today is this. You are loved by a fiercer love than you have ever felt, experienced, or encountered, and you're loved that way by God. He's for you, always. Even in your brokenness, even in your running, he's chasing you and he's for you. Second thing that I've learned is the importance of pursuing presence and the priority of prayer. And you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. I've never had the option of disbelieving in the inexistence of God because my mother knew him too well. I can remember at the age of, I think it was 13, had a paper route. We'd wake up super early. We would, uh, on wonderful days like today, we would double bag it with plastic so we didn't get complaints. <laughs> we would take it to the people's houses, and, uh, and I remember it would be 4 a.m. Me and my brother would be getting dressed and ready to go downstairs and deliver papers, and we'd come down and we'd hear my mom praying. And we'd hear her crying out to God for our lives. Hear her crying out to God for our future spouse. Hear her crying out to God for our future. To this day, um, my mom, I don't know if I've ever heard her once start praying and not cry. Love her to death, but that's, that she is such a sweet relationship with Jesus that just being in his presence melts her heart. One of the things that I've learned is that the God that we serve is not this God that just wants like your religious duty. He, he, he has zero to desire to be on your checklist. 
Do you notice that even even from here? As Moses is talking to the people and he's like, listen to me, I I want you to obey his commands. I want you to follow his decrees. But but do you notice like one of the first commands that he gets to is he's like, hey, by the way, what God really wants for you is he wants you to love him with every ounce of your being, heart, soul, mind, strength, every ounce of who you are. You see, because the truth is we have the opportunity to engage the very presence of God. We have a God who's not distant. We have a God who's come near. We have a God who has loved you recklessly. I remember many times as a kid um, being sick and, and being in the bathroom. It's like 4 a.m. and waking my mom up and being like, Mom, I'm doing terrible. <laughs> I think I'm going to die. <laughs> A little dramatic, maybe, but, you know, it's just like the flu, and you're like, it's over. I've loved you well. (laughs) Um, And I remember even at 4 a.m., my mom on the bathroom floor with me praying scripture over me. You are the God who heals our disease. By his stripes, we are clean. We are healed. You see, his presence was always the most precious thing to her. So in those moments, whenever my own life was broken and I was distant from God, it was really hard to disbelieve someone that my mom knew so well. Now for my own kids, when I put them to bed at sleep at night, I want to cast that same shadow. When I pray for them every single night as I kneel down and I pray in bed with them, I say, Jesus, I pray for Jason, I pray for Ruby, I pray for Calvin. I pray, God, that they would never be ashamed of their love for you or their love for the family. And God, my greatest prayer, my only prayer, is that they would love you all the days of their life. See, because the thing is this, is if we love God with our whole heart, all the other commands will come naturally. That's what Jesus even said. See, notice that the command that the Lord, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength comes here in Deuteronomy 6. It comes as a command to parents to both speak and to reveal this to their children. To cast that shadow. You see, I, I learned to pursue the presence of God because I saw the presence of God alive put on display before me. But not only was I encouraged to pursue presence, I was encountered to encounter presence. In Isaiah chapter 61, it says this. It says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim good news to, I'm sorry, he sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Remember when you were a kid and the second you got hurt, who was your first call? Mommy! (laughs) Right? That's why football players have it tattooed on their arm. I love mom. (laughs) Right? You get hurt, you get sick, you get wounded. One of the first things you do is you call mom. 
I'll never forget, um, I thought I was an incredibly sick, awesome BMX bike rider that couldn't do anything. <laughs> and I had these like special things on the pedals that were meant to like keep your feet on them. They were almost had, like spikes on them so it would help like your shoe not to slip off. And I went to try to do a cool trick and it flipped up and smacked me straight in the shin. So it was like instantaneous spikes and delay. And I was like over a mile away from home and I'm riding home, just sitting there, just sobbing, right? Just tears just flowing down my face. Like, Mommy! You know, and, and blood's just pouring down my leg. And I remember just sitting there riding and like she heard the screams before she actually saw me. And so she came out, you know. The, but, but mom is oftentimes like our first call. It's the person that we run to because whenever we understand that as we're encountering presence, there's a nearness that's to that. For instance, with Beth, I know every single day, Jesse, as he's driving home, one of the first things he does is he calls his mom, driving home from work. You see, the truth is this, as we're encountering God's presence, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord's anointed me to proclaim good news. Before. Listen to the language here. He's saying, that God comforts those who mourn. He provides for those who grieve. He bestows beauty instead of ashes. He gives joy instead of mourning. Praise instead of despair. See, when our first call is to mom, one of the reasons for that is because the answer we're looking for is nearness. Tenderness, care that comes through nearness. There is no pain, there is no situation that a mother is not willing to enter for her children. I, I know for my own kids, for Ruby and Jason, as they had their tonsils taken out, the next two weeks, Angel spent every single night getting about two hours of sleep at night, staying up with them, making sure they were kept up on their meds being there for them as they were crying in the middle of the night in pain. There was an aspect of presence and nearness there. And, and I want you to see this. It comes because we have that in Jesus. One of the great words that was used to describe Jesus was Emmanuel. God with us. You see, God loved you and me so much, he refused just to stay distant and apart refused to stay so far. he came near he took on flesh he took on bone he allowed himself to get splinters he allowed himself to be beaten by mankind in fact his his worst of enemies they spit in his face they ripped out his beard and he encountered all that because of his reckless love for you his fierce love for you see jesus wants you to encounter his presence he wants you to know he's near Some of you, not even in the most, not too recent, distant past. It's been late at night and you're laying in bed and you can't sleep. And you're playing through and you're cycling through all the things you've done wrong, all the mistakes that you've made, all the things that you wish you could go back. And in those moments, you feel more alone than you ever have in your entire life. And it's in those moments the enemy loves to try to whisper, you're alone, you're forgotten, you're abandoned. Can I tell you something? You most certainly are not. There's a God who wants to come near. There's Emmanuel. 
just in your pain as you would cry out, Mom, God looks to you and goes, you can call my name and I'll come running. We have a God who wants to go and meet us right in the midst of our hurt, right in the midst of our brokenness. He wants to come and meet us and he wants to speak over us because the God that we serve, not only does he come near, he comes near to comfort, to bring beauty instead of ashes, joy instead of mourning, praise instead of despair. He comes to rewrite the script. You are not forgotten. You are not alone. You are not abandoned. The God that you know and that you love wants to come near to you in the midst of your pain and your brokenness. Wants to come near. See, in Isaiah chapter 61, what you just read there, it was a prophecy of Isaiah about the coming Messiah. And Jesus repeats this, this same prophecy, and he's saying, I want you to know that this is about me. What you read on that screen, he's saying, that's about me. He's saying the nearness of God, the care, the presence of a mother, all of that is a reflection of God's heart for you. We can see that put on display. Another thing I've noticed is undeserved generosity. Mom's always willing to give up her last piece of the pie so that somebody else can have it. Matthew chapter 6 says, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys, where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, the desires of your heart will also be there. I remember as a kid... Um, I remember having incredible selfishness. I remember not liking to share with anyone. <laughs> I was that kid that they were like, you know, oftentimes in, in play groups, like, all right, now share your toys. I'm like, mm, nope, <laughs> not happening. I'm massively different today, though, because of some of the women in my life. It's not come from even uh, my own self, but it's come from the power of influence of people I've seen around me and undeserved generosity. When we go around our house, sometimes we do this, we, we do like word association tests with our kids and we're like, all right, when you think of dad, what comes to mind? Or when you think of mom, anytime I ever do that with my kids, I'm like, whenever you think of mom, one of the first words that always comes to mind about my wife from myself and from my kids is giving. My wife would do almost anything for anyone. She is such a giving person. You know, sh she is this heart that is, always looking for how, how can I bless? How can I be a part of that? And can, can I tell you something? Listen to me. That's something that, like even in marriage over the years, I, I've started, it took me a while to learn that. It took me a while to grasp that and to fully understand that. As, as Christ was continually working on my own sanctification, as I witnessed the beauty and the joy that comes from generosity, I've seen that put on display. I've seen that in, in my wife, and I've seen that in her mom. I've seen it as both of them are incredible givers. But can I tell you something? It's really hard to give with a closed fist. It's hard to do that. And, and this is what I've learned is that you cannot fully fathom the heart and the nature of God until you understand, number one, how much you've been given, and number two, as you learn to reflect that heart as well. 
I've witnessed that in my mom and my wife and in my mother-in-law. As, as they have given in ways, I'm like, that makes absolutely no sense. And yet, now, there's an act, aspect of my personality that doesn't even remotely reflect the brokenness from my past. I, I long to give now because I've seen the beauty that's put on displays. I've seen that we serve a God for God so loved he gave. There's people in your life, they need some of your time, some of your attention, maybe some of your resources. You know what I love about mom is it's undeserved generosity didn't matter if it was 3 a.m. Didn't matter if it was <laughs> 5 a.m. Mom's always ready and willing to talk. Always ready and willing to give of her time. You know, if you'd have asked the younger version of Josh Johnson, I would never have associated joy with giving. But if you would ask the Josh Johnson now, I see beauty, I see joy, I see blessedness that comes from that. Because we cannot love with everything if we have everything closed off from God. And then there's encouragement and belief. Hebrews chapter 10 says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. When I think of encouragement, it's, it's, I think of it like as to infuse courage into another person, like an IV. An IV puts healing resources and relief into a patient. It bypasses everything. It jams it in their arm, and it inserts the healing process in quick and fast. I remember whenever I had a staph infection many, many years ago, I was horribly jacked up sick, and um, the doctors tried to just like give me this quick shot and they sent me back to my house. I had a red line that was going from like my wrist up into my shoulder. And they're like, if you get any of these symptoms, come back. <laughs> the next morning I had every single symptom and I ended up in the hospital for like a week. But the second I came back, what the first thing they did is they put an IV in so that they could get healing resources into me quick. Can I tell you something? Our culture needs the healing resources of encouragement. The people we go to work with, they're used to complaint, discouragement, hatred. Our world right now needs encouragement more than ever before. The heart of a mom is the heart of an encourager. The author of Hebrews says this, let us consider. Stop and think about that for a second. To consider means to think, to plan, to be intentional, and to take action. When you're considering something, you think of like, I'm considering buying a house. I'm considering buying a car. There's thought processes that go in that. They're like, I'm not going to buy any car. I'm not going to buy any house. I want to buy the right one. I want to think through it. When you consider something, you take it seriously. You understand its importance. A mother's love is one that's characterized by encouragement and belief, which is why this last example is so important. The last example I want to give you is of my Aunt Tootie. I know you're like, wait a second, what? <laughs> Her real name was Ann Johnson. I have no clue how we came up with the word Tootie. Um, <laughs> I remember whenever I first moved back to the area, my grandma, we called her Grandma Joe. Her name was Inez Johnson, and my aunt, we called her Aunt Tootie. And so I went to do 
my pastoral rounding at Ball Hospital, and I'm in an elevator with someone who works there, and I'm talking to them. I'm like, yeah, my grandma and my aunt, they worked at Ball Hospital for a long time. They go, oh, cool, what's their names? And I was like, Grandma Joe and Aunt to the uh, Inez and Ann. <laughs> you know, you're sitting there as you're trying to, like, think. There. I'm like, I've never called them that before in my life, you know. Um, I, I will say she was not called Aunt Tootie because she tooted a lot. Um, it was I have something else completely different. I just don't want you getting off like the wrong impression there. But here's the thing. My aunt, her whole life, wanted to get married and have kids. And she, that never happened for her. But my aunt was one of the best moms I've ever seen. My aunt had the gift of encouragement and belief. She countlessly spoke into people's lives. She spoke into my life, into my brother's life, into all of the cousins. She was the person that could see you at your worst mistake and look right past it. To when you were at your biggest failure, she would sit there and proclaim life into you. I know there's, there's many mistakes that some of like even my, my, my cousins made that were like horribly tragic and even directed towards her and without even thinking about it, instantaneously her response was encouragement and belief to them. Some of you today, you're in this room and maybe everything isn't exactly how you planned it to be. I know Mother's Day can sometimes bring up a lot of wounds. Whether that's being able to, unable to have kids, or maybe there's a miscarriage. Maybe there's some real things that are, that are happening. May, maybe it's, you know, I, I, I've been wanting really to get married and it just kind of hasn't happened for me. L- let me tell you something. I would, I would challenge you, keep praying, keep believing, but, but, but please hear the heart of your pastor. Don't think you don't have the heart of a mom. And don't think you aren't needed now and here. My aunt worked in the hospital. And she took care of a lot of the kids of like workers and other people. There's a little baby that's walking around Muncie right now. That 95% of that baby's blood is from my aunt giving of her blood. This church. This place. This city. Women, it needs your heart. I end with my Aunt Tootie simply because she put on display a really great what the heart of a mother looks like. Even though that necessarily from our concept never happened for her. Can I tell you something? We need you. Or maybe today you're sitting here and you're going, you know what, Pastor Josh, all these stories and all these things, they sound really great, but I didn't have a mom like that. And so Mother's Day does bring up some wounds because the mom that I had was actually a lot of the exact opposite of what you were just saying. What I would like to say to you today is please know that you are loved by God like this. Though you maybe never encountered it or experienced it from your earthly mother, can I tell you something that your heavenly father looks down on you and you are the sparkle in his eye.
As he sees you, he loves you, and he cares for you. The church, these kids, these people, they need your influence. They need your heart. And so we got to cast the shadow. we got to cast the shadow. And it looks like this. Just like what Moses said, we need to look for moments. We need to utilize the ordinary. We need to make and create moments. And then we need to understand and utilize your influence. Every single day, there's moments that just naturally happen in your life where you can start to cast that shadow. It might be a prayer at nighttime. It might be a FaceTime quick call to them and praying with them. Maybe it's utilizing the ordinary. Maybe it's that drive to school. <laughs> you have them un, <laughs> there's nowhere they can go. <laughs> they are buckled in, and you're like, let me tell you what, I don't know if you want it or not, but mama's praying for you today. <laughs> Give them a call. If they're not in the back seat of the car, maybe they're full grown. Maybe send them a daily text message of prayer. And also we need to make and create the moments. Some of the things that I, that I love is those moments we can, if they're not naturally there, we can make them there. Holidays, you have the opportunity to kind of tell a little bit about what God has done and what he's doing in, in your life and then understanding and utilizing your influence. Everyone in this room, there's someone that looks up to you. Every single woman in this room, there's someone that they look up to you and they go, I want to walk in their shadow. Men in the room, it's same for you and for me as well. well we're going to look at this again from the perspective of fathers around Father's Day, but can I tell you something? Listen, the same is true for us. There, there's people that we need to understand our influence and we need to step into that. That's what Moses is saying. He's like, do not live your life unplanned. He says, live it intentional. Let it be on your words. Let it be on repeat. Tie it to your foreheads. He's saying, let it be put on display in your homes. We need to cast the shadow. We need to let God be seen through our lives because I'm going to end with this. The heart is needed. The heart is needed. Would you stand with me this morning? And can we bring down the lights? I want to pray over you and your families. but I specifically, all the women in this place, I want to pray over you. Today we honor you. Today we celebrate you. If you would bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning. I want to start here. If you're here today, And your heart has always been to be a mom, but it just kind of has not worked out for you today. Father, I pray for every woman in this room that is in that place, that is in that moment, that's with that pain. Jesus, I ask that you would wrap your loving arms around them. That Jesus, they would hear from heaven that the God that they serve is just like mom. He's coming near. 
their pain and their tears and those distant cries at night are not lost on the Holy One of Israel. He is intimate. He is there. Lord, for the, the moms in this room who have lost children, that have had to have the pain of seeing the ones that they loved so deeply pass before them, I pray that today would be a day of comfort. Lord, you declared that you would comfort all who mourn, that your presence would be right by their side. I pray in the name of Jesus that peace would overtake their heart. God, I pray that your strength would be right by their side, that you'd be with them. And Lord, for every woman in this room, I pray in the name of Jesus right now, they would understand the power of the influence that they have, that at the very core of their heart, there is an image of you that is still lingering and beating and longing to be displayed to this world. A shadow that so desperately needs cast that, Lord, we live in a society and time that, Jesus, we need godly women who will stand up Godly women who will put on display a fierce love. Godly women who will pursue the presence of God and display the priority of prayer. Godly women who will put on display what it looks like to encounter the presence of God and to be near. Women who will display undeserved generosity and will display that image of God to this world. And women who will speak encouragement and belief. God, I pray that the heart of the mother would rise in every person and that, God, it would be put on full display to this world that so desperately needs it. Lord, I pray that you would bless these women. God, I pray that you would keep them. I pray that in those moments of pain and brokenness, you would pull them closer than ever before. And what they can feel in their heart, they would feel that from you, Jesus. That they would know that that's how you feel towards them, how you love towards them. Jesus, I pray. And God, for us as a church, I pray that this church in a unique way would put on display to this community Lord, the shadow of a mom, a shadow of God's heart. This community would see a church that loves them, that is for them. A church that is generous and kind, that speaks life. Jesus, we give you honor, we give you praise. Lord, we thank you for the moms in this room. We thank you for the roles that they've had in our lives. God, we invite you to continue to shape us so that we too can cast that shadow in the most beautiful light. In your precious and most holy name we pray. Amen. As we close today, we're going to close in this song. And I just, I just want us to end in a moment of worship. Wherever you're at today, whatever you're going through. I really do believe that God's calling and challenging us to put on display this image to the world of who God is. And so as we close in this song, let's make this a moment of prayer where we say, God, would you shape that image in me so that I can display it to the world? God, will, will you allow me to, to put on display just a, a little bit of your silhouette, a little bit clearer, so that the, the sons and the daughters and the nieces and the nephews and the cousins and the aunts and the neighbors and the strangers and everyone I come into contact with, that when they see my life lived out, that it would cast a shadow of your goodness and your grace. Can we do that today as we close in prayer?